Hello and welcome to Tex Talks Extra. I am Tex and today I am talking to a bold singer and songwriter straight out of Durban who blends soulful vocals with a multi-genred and multi-layered approach to creating her music. I am of course talking about Nipo Heard. Nipo, welcome to the show lady. How are you? I am well and yourself, dude. I am good. I'm happy that we finally managed to rope you here despite all the technical difficulties. You are here. Good things come to those who wait. This is this is my motto for today. I'm like, this means that it's <laughs> going to be just brilliant. It's what we've all been waiting for. <laughs> so. And listen, listen, I'm so pumped to be talking to you today because I've admired your work from afar for a while, right? So to get you in my hot seat is is huge for me this year. And I think one of the things that really fascinates me about you is your multicultural upbringing. Talk to me a little bit about growing up in Durban. So I didn't actually, I wasn't born in Durban. Where I was born was uh, rural KZN. It's a place called Msinga, which is like well known for its, I don't know, traditional healing and a lot of traditional healers and a lot of cultural stuff that still very much happens back in Msinga. That's where mm-hmm. I was born. And I was born into a Sangoma household. So you can imagine all the tradition and upkeep. Um, and the way that I've, I've I've grown up is just like, you know, earth and ancestors and all of that stuff. And then when I was about eight, I moved to Maritzburg with my mother. And then upon her um, passing away, I was adopted by a white family um, in Hilton, Maritzburg. So it's kind of like a very interesting, you know, way of, of growing up. An incredibly interesting way of growing up. And telling me, tell me, are you mm-hmm. still living in Durban? Yes, I've been living in Durban since my first year. I came to Durban to do uh, to study music, actually. And I came in 2014. So I've been here for about eight years now. Jeez, that's a long time. Why Why have you not made the move mm-hmm. to like Joburg, like lots of, you know, people <laughs> in our industry do, you know? Listen, I want to. I've got so many reasons. I don't know if they're re- really good reasons or they're just ex- excuses, you know, things that keep me from hating myself for not moving. But firstly, <laughs> I came to Durban because there were so many insane musicians. And funnily enough, even... Still to this day, the Durbans that, I mean, the musicians that I admire, even in the music industry today, are all from Durban. So when I came here, I was like, oh my goodness, this is the heart of South African music. This is where everyone that I like comes from. So obviously, that's where I'm going to go. And when I was younger, I used to really marvel at my cousin's work. He's always been in music. His um, name is Dom Hurd. And he's now in a band called um, Easy Freak. So when I was going up, looking at them and they were Dominic. Heard your cousin. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Hi. Okay, so we're making we're making <laughs> discoveries today. I did not know yeah. this. Okay, so okay, cool. But also, <laughs> Durban is small, so everybody in Durban knows everybody, right? Tiny, tiny. Yeah, I probably not, have more cousins really... I haven't discovered. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so sorry, I interrupted you. Continue. No stress. So, yeah, growing up, I grew up in a musical family. Granted, it was more churchy than circular, but still, we were all doing music. And my cousin was just literally like, 
I don't know, my role model. I looked at him and his bands. Back then he used to be in the band called The Ranks, you know. I used to follow them everywhere. And in my gap year, I did go to Johannesburg, funny enough. But it was just so fast, you know. Mm. And I found myself, mm-hmm. like, not doing music. I was doing everything else and getting into all other trouble but music. When I came back, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go and focus on my music career and I'm going to go to Durban to do that. And it's at a very nice, slow pace so I can actually, you know, get to find myself, not be in competition, not... Because in Durban, in Joburg, I used to feel like I'm getting left behind the whole time, you know? So Mm -hmm. here I was like, okay, let me go to Durban, mix with the people that I actually want to mix with and, like, you know, start doing my musical journey. And lo and behold, when I got here, everyone had left. Everyone was in Joburg. Everyone was in Cape Town. I was like, guys. <laughs> then here I am. I'm like, no, man. This industry used to be so sick when I was in high school. Why did they all leave now that I can actually go to the jaws? <laughs> then I started like trying to <laughs> started trying to do my own jaws in Durban. And I honestly fell in love with the musicians here, you know? And I fell in love with the growing musical scene here. I fell, I fell in love with the alternative scene here. And so I've just been holding on to that, that the fact that it might get better and that's why I haven't moved. <laughs> you know, people always rag me for the fact that I disturb and, but I don't, I, I really don't disturb and, and the question that I asked you wasn't like meant, because I know that there are people out there listening and be like, ah, Tekla, you ragging Durban <laughs> again, but I'm not, but I'm not. Because I mean, okay, so I've only I've only ever been to Durban once. How I don't know. I don't know how this how? is possible, but I know, what? I know. But the one time that I okay. did go to Durban, I loved it. I loved mm-hmm. everything about it. I loved Florida Road. I loved the aquarium. I loved uh, R.I.P. the the vinyl shop. What I can't remember the name. What was the name of the vinyl oh, shop? Oh yes, Kaya Records. Oh, Kaya Records. Shout yes. out Ryan from Roots Up, mm-hmm. who basically showed me everything, took me everywhere. He was amazing. Just a I love that dude. He's just great. Um, but yeah. I kind of I understand your your reasoning when you say that Durban is, um, Joburg is very fast, right? And there's a lot that's going Mm -hmm. on in Joburg. Um, I mean, I'm from Cape Town. We move backwards. We move so slowly. Um, So I I think (laughs) I kind of, I I understand the, the appeal and the charm of living and creating in Durban where it's a bit more peaceful and you can kind of hear yourself think at times and there's not so much going on around you. Um, A friend of mine grew up in Belito and he now lives in London. I mean, one of the fastest cities in the world. And he very recently came back to South Africa for, it was supposed to be one month, but he ended up staying for like four because he hasn't (laughs) seen his family in so long. And he, Mm. I think three out of those four months he spent with his dad in Belito and he wrote like, two albums <laughs> and, exactly. and it was just so creative in the time that he was there. So I totally understand what you're saying about, mm. you know, re- retreating to a place where A, you feel comfortable, but B, you feel like, you know, you can create without those external uh, distractions. And in Joburg, there mm. are a lot of those. Yeah. And also just like, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm scared to get there and there's like, 50,000 nipple herds already 
And then I need to, cause like I've been approached by, you know, your um, record labels and your mm -hmm. publishing companies. And a lot of them seem to want something from you that you've done before or that you're currently doing or that someone else is doing that they feel like you can do. And I, that just scares me because I don't want to be in competition with anybody else, nor mm. do I want to stick to the song that I wrote yesterday that I probably will never write again in my life, you know? Yeah. So that was it. I was just like, no ways. I, I really want to create in the way that I want to create for the reasons I want to create for, you know? And, you know, that's one of the things that I think I admire about you the most, the way that you express yourself through music, but also through fashion and your, you know, your general aesthetic. It's 100% authentic. And I assume quite inspiring for a lot of people, you know, who look at what you're doing. But have you ever been met with any sort of like backlash over the fact that you're so free and so empowered in a country that's well, quite misogynistic? Mm. Oh, yeah, I, I deal with it quite often like for clothes for example i've had mm -hmm. people feel like because i'm as big as i am i shouldn't wear some of the outfits that i do wear number one number two like to be honest with myself has meant that i have to be honest with other people and i found that honesty is the quickest way to burn bridges literally nobody wants to hear the truth and the truth somehow comes off as an attack not, a, not as a boundary that you're setting for yourself, not as um, like, you know, something good that you're doing for somebody else that so we can move on from a, a particular situation. A lot of people would rather you just suffer. If they're suffering, let's suffer together. If they're not free, then you shouldn't be free. If they're insecure, why the hell aren't you insecure? You know, and they don't understand how, how much of me it took to get to where I am why I've chosen to live my life like this, you know, what I've seen, what I've experienced um, and what drives me. All of that stuff doesn't really matter. A lot of people will just bash you and just project on you for absolutely no reason. So I get a lot of backlash for being the person that I am, for saying no to record labels, for, you know, people think I'm just so stupid for so many reasons. But in the same breath, I've been met with so much love, you know, I've been met with so much love, people kind of like finding solace in knowing that some people are just as confused, but just as confident in their confusion. Um, people are finding solace and, you know, understanding that they go through similar things to the people that they admire, you know, because it's really cool to see me on Instagram and I'm like eating at your favorite restaurant or whatever. But then when you hear that I'm struggling with the same thing as you, then it like, makes me a human again instead of like a nipple hurt or something you know mm -hmm. and you know you're you're very you're very strong like that you're a very outspoken woman you don't take shit I admire that a lot uh, and I remember I read an interview that you did last year where you were talking about those in my backyard events that you did and you said that you wanted to provide a platform for women who were being overlooked and you said for me, feminism is not about asking for a platform. It's about making one. And I loved that. Mm. How do you feel mm. about the types of opportunities available for women in the South African music industry right now? Terrible, Tex. It's like, it's, it, and it continues to be terrible. I mean, I've, I've had the privilege of styling a lot of the, the women that have made it further than me in the music industry. 
And I'll be just chatting about simple things as pay, number one. They're not getting paid half as much as the, as the dudes are getting paid. Number two, I mean, mm. how many posters have you seen with like 10 guys and one girl and you know she's there because she performs to this one DJ's I'm a piano set, you know what I mean? Or yeah. just even the, the, the accolades, you know, it's, it's, it's males right now that are getting... I don't know, all the praise for all the, the, the music, but then in all of their music, there's female vocalists. Like there's not one Mapiano song that made it far without a female vocalist, if we're quite honest. Um, but yeah, the women are just get, getting overlooked. Our writing ability is getting overlooked. Payment, getting overlooked. Record labels, I mean, record labels screw everybody over, but it, they seem to be making a point of screwing females over. Females are like, being in the music industry for five years before they can even afford a car. Some people are like still living at home with their moms. Men, we seeing them driving their BMWs and the, the cars with the wings and the very low tops. You know what I mean? Like there's just so much more that men are getting out of this industry versus women. And the platforms that they're creating, the very big, big platforms, those are male-only platforms. You know what I mean? The slots that pay the most, those are male slots. And that's why, like, it's so, so amazing to see women like Shikana see this thing in this industry and go, you know what, I also, like, put my all in and try and create a female-only event, make sure that the females get paid exactly what it is that they should be getting paid, no compromise, make it big, just as big as any other male organization. And, yeah, we are dealing with a mess. Yeah, we are dealing with a mess. You are 100% mm-hmm. correct. But, you know, I, I think that your debut EP, right, and the way that you announced yourself with The Girl, like it got massive traction and was really crucial in forming your identity as an artist. But, you know, it also came out right before South Africa went into a two-year state of emergency. Um, and how how did you navigate that? Like, or change up what you had planned for your release? Because it still went on to do really, really well. Mm. Well, I'm not going to lie to you. As soon as everything started happening, I shut down, started crying. I probably lost like my mind a little bit because I was supposed to be going on tour. I had a sponsored tour with Concert SA. I had so much going for that for that album. And, and of course, it was, I mean, the EP and it was my debut project. I've never dropped anything else before that. So I really put my all into it. And when that stuff came through, I went into a mega depression. But I realized that I'm not making music for the traveling, for the this. I realized at that moment that people need to hear this music way more now. Now they're home. A lot of us are broke. And these Mm -hmm. are the topics that I speak of in my EP. So I gathered myself. And I was like, this message is more relevant now than it ever has been. And I just started sharing and I started making the most of it, trying to get into as many like live streaming platforms as I could because I was like actually encouraged by the fact that the people are going to be staying at home and now they have to listen to me, <laughs> you know? They, they literally, like, if they're feeling sad, now they have to listen to me. You know, the friends that I send my music to have to listen now. You can't say you're at work, you're not. You're, you're at home. <laughs> Listen to my issue. <laughs> so yeah. it actually, yeah, it was like first depression and then like, ooh, opportunity. And also just reminding myself why I'm doing what I'm doing. 
This is not for the accolades. This is not for the touring. I mean, obviously, I want all of that. Please don't get me mm. wrong. But of course. I had to steer my mind back to we're trying to send a message. We're trying to help people where we weren't helped, you know. So I had to recenter and get it going. And wow, to my surprise, it was such amazing reception, honestly. So when your EP came out, you told Red Bull, we did a profile on you. I think it was Celeste Jacobs. And I'm quoting this here. You said, my EP is mm-hmm. a symbol of strength to me. Getting to this point hasn't been easy. It also symbolizes unity. It wouldn't have been possible without my team. And, you know, I do think mm. that it's imperative that young artists have trustworthy people around them, right? People who champion them, mm. share their vision. How, is, how has your team grown or changed over the years? <laughs> um, actually quite depressing, um, the whole team, team talk, because I feel like um, when I was basically still just starting out and, you know, very much in love with music, doing a lot of live gigs and, and stuff, I had a lot of people keen to to work together, keen to 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 help me, and even the people that helped me with my EP, who I'll just never forget. Um, you know, we were we were like young, and music was our was our thing, man. It was it was that that thing that unified us and everything. And then what happened was, and and I could be totally wrong, but when we start all like really taking our stuff seriously somehow that becomes competition and i feel like i came into the music industry with a very kumbaya my lord um mindset but just to then realize (laughs) that oh no people are actually in competition and once they start to realize that you're actually good that can change you know what i mean so so now it starts Mm. going from helping you to being in competition with you and then you're like but like wait I was always good. I just hadn't dropped anything. And me dropping something that we worked together on and having it, you know, get such a good reception is a good thing for both of us. That shouldn't make you not want to work with me anymore and want to go and work with somebody else who you can compete. You know what I mean? So I've found mm. that, like, it's it's been a mess, <laughs> you know, but I've now found a new team with, with people who love music, who've been through similar experiences as me. And now it's almost like we've dealt with our music trauma and we, we found a family again. But it was kind of weird. And that's why for a long time last year, I was like scared to drop anything anymore because I'm like, I want to do music for community sakes, not for this competition. But I also realized Durban is small, you know, and you will be in competition with people who don't, who, who want to own the space on their own. You know, they, a lot of people don't want to share this beautiful music industry that we have. They want to be the one in every cent- in the center of the attention. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I found a yeah. bit of that. But where I am now, my team is smaller, but I feel much safer. I feel loved. I feel understood. And, uh, yeah, I feel like there's going to be a much better way of going forward. And I feel grown, older. So I'm not here thinking that we're all just going to be friends. I'm aware of competition now. I'm aware of how people can change. And I think I've just prepared myself better now. 
I'm so glad. I'm so glad that there was a an upward trajectory of that story towards the end. I was a little bit worried because mm. you're like, it's a bit mm. depressing. I'm like, no, I just want to like wrap you in bubble paper <laughs> and just be like, no, you're going to be fine. It's going to be okay. This music, <laughs> this music business is not for the faint-hearted. It <laughs> is isn't. Side of the of the spectrum it really is not but I'm very happy that you know you said you didn't want to release music last year but you ended up releasing a two-track EP and you had this mm. epic listening party at the house of Levi's in Joburg and it was so cool because oh. I thought that the whole thing like it 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 re reinforced your aesthetic but also showed mm. your musical growth as well yes. what was the yes. response like to that release incredible hey because it was also um a way of me showing people that I can do any genre and I can tear it up, you know? And I was also trying to mm -hmm. have a lot of people were like, oh, your music is so deep. And I was like, no, man, you can ha I like, have fun to my music. So I was also trying to put out something that you know, people can just jam to and then realize the deep message later, <laughs> you know? But uh, it was really, really well received. And I like the fact that kids younger than me were receiving it because I've always wanted them to listen to my music. And now they are listening. All it needed was a little bit of trap. <laughs> <laughs> so we've reached the part of this podcast that, that I like to call this or that. Welcome to this or that with text. Mm -hmm. So I give you two things to choose from and then you pick which one you prefer. And okay, you cool. don't have to say why you pick that thing unless you really want to. Okay. Okay, cool. Because you're ready. I am ready. Okay, cool. One. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Yum, which reminds me I need another cup. Oh, Maybe not. Enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tattoos mm -hmm. or piercings? Ooh, tattoos. Do you have any? Yes, I do. I have five, six. I have six. Don't you have one, like an epic one on your shoulder? Yes, that one was, so that one is on my tribute arm. And that one is a tribute ah. to Amy Winehouse. If you remember, she also had like a lady on her arm. Yeah. With like a, a cute little vintage outfit. So I duplicate, like I made a replica of that, but like in an African lady type format. Oh my God, you have to send me like a proper photo of it. I don't think I've ever seen the whole thing. Cause I remember from your photo shoot, especially the last one you did, which was cool. Like that blue, red tinted one, that like moody one. I remember the tattoo, but I, I don't think I've ever seen it like full. Wait, are you talking, you talking about the tattoo on my forearm? Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. See, now I'm getting my directions of my body confused. My forearm, <laughs> yes. <laughs> My forearm, I have um, clothes. There's one where I have an outfit. And then the other forearm, I have like an elephant with the halo on. And oh, wow. yeah, and some wording. That's amazing. That's mm -hmm. But I need a photo of the Amy Winehouse one. Yes, I'll send you that, that one. Dope. I'll send you that one. Okay, so we're moving on. Okay. <clears throat> Kanye West or yay, as it's going by nowadays, <laughs> or Pete Davidson? Um, <laughs> um, Kanye West. Kanye West. Yay. 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 
Good for you for making a, a choice. I would have said neither, but anyway, moving along. <laughs> it was very hot. I was like, do I really have to make? Because I was like, um, but I'll choose yeah, just because we've got some great music, you know. We'll we'll just remember the music. As for Pete, yeah, I really remember don't even the good know times. where he comes from. What what he's doing? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Okay, moving swiftly along. <clears throat> a new phone or a new laptop? A new laptop, please. You said that without even thinking. You were like, <laughs> please give me a new laptop. Yes, I want a new laptop. I will have a new laptop. Because you can Any even get on Instagram on, 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 on your laptop and your Facebook mm. and everything. Mm-hmm. Any preferences mm-hmm. in a laptop? Any kind? Any mini. Make. Okay. Anything. Any, like, any specific make, like an Apple, a Dell? Uh, I've always um, loved Dell. Uh, not Dell. What's the, the T one? Toshiba. The T no man oh my gosh we're so technologically challenged hang on i'm gonna google quickly no an hp an hp not a t an hp hp (laughs) (laughs) oh my god you're so funny the hp i love an hp user-friendly but obviously mac 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 just makes people look so good. So professional. Mac so don't smart. crack. Yeah, they, they, they just look like work ethic, you know, boffins. Like, if ever there was a work ethic, there's a person with a Mac behind it, you know? Let me, let me tell you a story. So, for years, I used to have a Toshiba, which is why when you said tea, I just went there directly. But I had this thing mm-hmm. for like a good five years, maybe six years, potentially seven. But I had it for a long time. And... I started working for Deezer. Now, this is back in the day. This is about seven years ago. I started working for Deezer. And then one year, because Deezer is based in Paris, they invited me very oh, wow. nicely uh, to, to come to Paris for a big conference that all the editors from around the world were flown there. It was very nice. Um, and so <laughs> I walk into the office. I walk into the office with my Toshiba. And it's an open pl- plan office, right? Like super swank, mm-hmm. very like monochrome and French and it's quiet and anyway. So I sit down and I switch this thing on. And when I tell you that everybody looked up because the fan on this thing or whatever, whatever was going on in this Toshiba was so old and so loud. It was like <laughs> when it started up, it, everybody in the office was like, oh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> Oh my god! And the next day, um, yeah, at d- exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So the next day, my boss came to me, and he handed me a slip, and he was like, "Please go downstairs to the second floor and hand this in, and they'll give you a laptop." And I was like, "Yes!" Oh like, my goodness. Because it was just he was like, "I was like, how are you working on this thing? Like, I don't understand. Like, it sounds like it's gonna take off any moment, <laughs> like a spaceship." So. <laughs> And I still have that laptop today. I'm still working on it right now. But it's great. Apart from an update that it needs every now and again. It's still mm-hmm. super handy. Okay. No. So, okay. But laptops, laptops aside, I've got one more this yes. or that for you, right? <clears throat> I think I might know the answer, but I'm not sure. We're gonna, let, I'm just going to throw it out there and let's see. Okay. Okay. Instagram or TikTok? Instagram. Instagram. Okay. Yeah, you fast on that Instagram, hey? I send you a, a no. DM, you reply two seconds later. You now. 
Yes. <laughs> Instagram is just so user-friendly and TikTok is so dumb. Yeah. So dumb. <laughs> I tried for six hours of my life with the TikTok. I tried making one of those acapella things. I was just mm-hmm. like, leave me alone. And I just, leave I just me had alone. to drop Please it. Please leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah no listen i'm on tiktok but i haven't posted a tiktok yeah yeah Yeah, because your your brain cells will deplete and Mm. there are just so many little things with tiktok that are just so wrong just so wrong and i don't know how we've made yeah yeah Mm-mm-mm. I don't know you how go, we've go. made um, TikTok so big without questioning a lot of what happens on there. It's it's, it's a dodgy platform. Very I, dodgy. I saw a meme the other day that said, like, aliens will come to Earth and see TikTok and immediately do a U-turn. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, TikTok is, like, where everything goes to die. It's like the armpit of the internet. It stinks. And, you, <laughs> you know, you know I, li- I like that. I actually really like that. If I have a conversation with anybody about TikTok again, I'm going to be like, it's the armpit of the internet. It stinks. Mm-hmm. I'm using that. I'm stealing that. <laughs> but you know what else, like, what, what I've seen? So I follow, so I'm Italian, right? So mm-hmm. Italian TikTok for me is just hysterical. So there's this mm-hmm. one couple, right? They've got, they've got like a dual TikTok account. And mm-hmm. the guy is Italian and the girl is like, incredibly american like the most frat of frat girls that you can find and Mm -hmm. she got married to this italian man and then i'll live in rome i think yeah i think it's rome and you know they post funny funny videos of like things that she'll do that will like offend him like break the pasta in half or order pineapple on her pizza or you know things like that Yeah, yeah yeah and i've seen i've seen two accounts that have sprung up that are like that imitate them. It's the same thing. So it's like an Italian man mm-hmm. and a and a and an American girl, or an. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, why are they their imitation TikTok accounts? I don't understand. Like, can you not use your brain and be original? Like, why do you need to co- copy people? Now it's like the same thing with like couples that are springing up, like doing these imitation videos. I'm like, nah, that's just lame. Exactly. I mean, your brain cells have to be quarter to none. To entertain yourself with a TikTok all day, honestly. And it is a whole like fame thing. A lot of us are feeling somewhat unsatisfied with our lives. And TikTok just gives people that little bit of gratification, that instant gratification. People think you're funny, this, that, and the other. I think, yeah, it is all about ego. It's all about numbers. So people will do anything. And I have seen just about anything on that TikTok. Well, this is amazing, Nipo, but I, you know, I could do this all day, but unfortunately we've come to the end of Text Talks Extra and it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you today. And I know that we will speak very, very soon. I hope you have an incredible festival that you're going to. I hope the performance is off the the chain. It's going to be incredible. Mm. Yay, Splashy fan. Um, And we will chat again very soon. Yes, man. Honestly, Thank you so much for always keeping me in the view of your glasses and just, you know, making me feel seen, man. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Text Talks. A huge shout out to Tom's, the only music store for always having our backs technically. Remember to follow Text Talks on all socials and subscribe and rate on whatever platforms you stream your podcasts on. 
Head on over to texttalks.com for all our previous episodes. And remember, that's Tex with a double X. From me, your host, Tex, producers Jonathan Ings and Matthew Lewitz, and research and associate producer Al Clapper. Catch you on the flip side.